to uh, talk about something this morning that uh, I consider one of the most important things that uh, followers of Jesus can do in their lives if they really want to know Christ, if they want to be caught up in the life of God, if they want to encounter God in their life and know the blessing of God in their life. Um, but it's also one of the things uh, that, that is a challenge uh, to, it seems, get to. It's one of those things that uh, um, some, somehow seems hard to take hold of and, and practice. Not that it's hard in itself. Um, actually, it's a very, very simple thing. But it's something that, uh, that seems to be a challenge to make part of our lives. Um, and that, very simply, is this. Is getting into the presence of God, one-on-one, reading his word, being with God, hearing him speak into our lives. I've been working uh, with a profession of faith class for, um, it finishes today after our service, after our pie. Um, no need for donuts this week, guys. But, uh, and, 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 and we had a whole session on the power of the word of God, how God speaks to it through us, how, God, it, how it is God's creative force in our life, how it can transform a person and a people and on and on. And then we spent a night together, it was on a Thursday night, and I brought them together and coached them about how to do that, and I sent them off through this building to find a quiet place to be with God, and I said, listen, get into the presence of God and let God speak to you. I said, okay, yeah, cool. Off they went, and I came back, and I said, well, God speak, and they all went like this, yeah. That's what I'm talking about this morning, and I want you to grasp the significance of what I just said. God, the eternal God, wishes to communicate with you. And do so fairly regularly. Through this book, by the work of his spirit, he can come and he can impress his truth on us in profound, deep, and very spiritual ways. This is a deeply spiritual thing I'm describing. It's not boring. It's not lifeless. This is where the word of God comes alive. And we know that we stand or we sit in a place where the living God has just instructed me. Sometimes it's comfort. Sometimes it's challenge. Sometimes it's for strengthening, as we've just talked about. Weak made strong in the Savior's love. So many ways, God, he becomes real to us in a new and a powerful and a life-changing way. Um, and I want to talk this morning about how that can happen and what it means and how it can be a reality in your life. Last week, we talked about a woman named Martha from Luke chapter 10. Martha, the Martha Mary story, it's, it's really a story of contrasts. Martha caught up in the demands of her life and her own priorities, which Jesus didn't celebrate you know, acting religiously as a good hostess, but with the wrong heart, focused on herself as opposed to Jesus. Don't you care about me, she said. Tell her to help me. The focus is on self, not on Christ. The Son of God who is before her ends up condemning Jesus for what he has done and, and, and Mary too, and she ends up telling God what to do. It's, it's a story, if, you know, if you reflect on it as I obviously have and as I have over the course of my life, it's like one of those yikes moments. It's like, yikes, <laughs> it's way too much like me. She's us. She's, she's, she's what happens normally when people haven't kind of stepped into what I'm hoping Mary's example can show to us. Um, but Mary's so incredibly different. Um, societal pressure would have said, Mary, you help serve the man. That's the way it was then, profoundly. Women existed for man. Women were property of man, and their role was just to serve. Mary, Martha was doing what society said, and Mary said, no way. I get to be with the Son of God. 
and I'm not going to do what everybody expects me to do right now. And uh, she sits down with Jesus in the story, and it says that she just listened to him speak. Let me read the text to you, just two verses today. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 and 39. And we're going to draw out the contrast. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. I want to tell you, that doesn't sound like much. That doesn't sound like a very big deal, but I want to tell you, <clears throat> for those of us who want to encounter God, who, for those of us who want to get caught up in the life of God and the reality of what God is doing in this world, it is incredibly important. Um, sitting at his feet, number one, it's this posture not of pride but of humility. The focus is not on self but on Jesus. She's attentive to him. It's like she's drawn to him. You know, she's in that place where she wants to know what he has to say, and she humbles herself before him by sitting at his feet and is open to his words. I wonder what Martha's posture was when she came out of the kitchen, annoyed. Do you think she sat down quietly and said what she said? It doesn't say in the Bible, but chances are she towers above Jesus, who's likely sitting, and she's aggressive in not only her words, but likely her posture as she tells God off. Hmm, yeah. We should giggle a little bit at that. It's so silly. But again, we've discovered that's sometimes what we do. But here, not only does she sit humbly before him, this posture of humility, she listens to Jesus. Key word. Not telling him what to do, but a picture of quiet receptivity. She just, she wants to hear. She wants to know him. She wants to engage his words. She wants to know what they mean for her and she listens and I want to tell you this is the kind of person that Jesus uh, wanted to interact with earlier in the very same chapter and again in the way that the story unfolds it's no accident that, that this passage is, is in the same chapter as what comes before but Jesus is sending out his disciples 72 of them this time and he just says go throughout the land and tell people that God has come in me and that the kingdom of God has come and teach people the truth and heal their sicknesses and cast out demons go make it happen people and off they went two by two and this is what he says to them as part of their instruction. Luke chapter 10, verses 8 through 11. Listen to this. When you enter a town and you are welcomed, eat with what is offered to you. Heal the sick uh, who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. See, here is Mary. And she is the welcoming, receptive one. She wants to know. She's open. She's receptive to his message. Martha has welcomed her into the home, but not into the heart. Instead of quiet listening, she's combative and she's talkative. She's full of her own ideas as opposed to letting Jesus fill her mind with his ideas. See, our question this morning, I want, which I want to pose to you all, is who, who are we more like? Who are you more like? I've already asked myself who I'm more like and told you. <laughs> Eager to hear from God, open and receptive, humbled in his presence, not focused on self but on Jesus? Or a whole lot more like Martha, who's ready to talk and to tell and even to condemn. 
See, there are some folks in this world of ours who are full of their own ideas and full of their own opinions. They are, you know, formed, if you would, and they think that what they think is best, and they're not really open to thinking differently or being challenged in their thinking. If anything, they just want to unload their ideas on whoever's willing to listen to them. The Marthas of the world, there's pride in that. Such people don't listen very well, but they are ready to talk. Listen to James chapter 1, verse 19. It says this. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to... What? Listen. Slow to speak and slow to become angry. You know, that to me sounds like Mary. Not Martha. And that sounds like somebody who, 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 who has this heart for Jesus and who is ready to listen to what he has to say. Here's the message I would suggest to you from God's word today if we are ready to listen. The word of God through this story, through the example of Mary says, get into the presence of the Lord, humble yourself before him, quietly listen to what he has to say to you. And be with him. He's talking about a very personal encounter with God. This is, this is something that has the potential of life change. And the Lord Jesus says, just come. Come like Mary. And let me talk. And let's together see what will happen. See, my friends, Christ will speak to us. And what he will say to us will bring us life. Do you believe it? What he will say to us as we hear God's thoughts, and as we make them our own, we will be changed, we will be blessed, we will be led into this place of life, the Bible calls it, this place that is as good as life gets for human beings. And I want you to get this, and, and, and I've, I've stressed it already, God speaks. God, it, it's a remarkable thing, it's a miracle every time it happens, it's a deeply spiritual thing. It's not just reading a book and sitting it down and saying a prayer and moving on, it is our encounter with God. It is communicating, if you would, with God so that we, it is communing with God so that God might communicate to us. And in this place, I want to tell you, my friends, life change, changes, but what it requires is us to embrace humility. Maybe my thoughts aren't all right after all. Maybe I actually need to change how I think about some things so that my desires change and so that my life changes, so that my life ch lifestyle changes. It requires us to stop talking and it even requires us to stop doing and that's contrary to what this world tells us, isn't it? We're a busy, busy world and we celebrate activity. No, be still in my presence. Humble yourself before me and listen. Just listen. Let me ask you this question and I want each of you to grapple with this in your own way. Who or what forms your life? Either in the past or, or obviously still in, in the present, who or what have you listened to which has formed you as a person, caused you to think as you think, which produces, of course, desires and values and so forth, which, of course, then leads to how we live? All kinds of things have impact upon us. I know it's not the younger generation, but for a lot of people, maybe, I don't know, 30 and up, it's television. Has at least uh, CBC or is it CTV? Fox News? I don't know. 
But we hear and we receive. And as people speak into our lives, whether it's columnists in a newspaper, we get this idea, you get these ideas, and sometimes we just embrace them. Used to be Oprah. I don't even know if she's on anymore, but I know Ellen's on. Ellen has very specific opinions. Have they formed your thinking? Formed your life? Formed the person that you are? Movies and music. Listen, I sometimes just, I kind of cringe sometimes because the power of the arts to speak into our lives is significant, but sometimes we don't exercise that critical faculty that God has given to us to say, as, 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 as truth is given to us in a movie or in a song that we listen to over and over again or see, we don't stand back and say, is this right? Is this something that I want to embrace? Is this something that I should not only listen to but allow to become part of me? Sometimes there are truths spoken into our lives that are contrary to the word of God. But music and, mo and movies are powerful. Sometimes it's family, you know. Sometimes um, parents who say good things, but sometimes they say not so good things because they're not perfect, right? Sometimes it's a sibling or, 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 or others who form us. Sometimes it's a politician. Sometimes it's our elementary school teacher or our high school teacher or university prof who has formed us, how we think, how we live, whether it's consistent with God's word or not. You see, my friends, the Bible says that the world speaks loudly to us. And it will form our lives if we let it. The Bible says that the, the devil speaks loudly also. Adam and Eve listened to the devil who, first of all, questioned God's word. Did God really say, the devil said to Eve? And then beyond that, he, just a few sentences later, he actually contradicted the truth of God. And he said, surely you will not die. I want to tell you there are sources of, 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 and there are voices and those voices are powerful and if we listen to them they will tell us the opposite of what God says and they will bring not life but harm to us. And I say to you, who do you listen to? Who have you listened to? To cause you to be the person that you are. I want to read a, what I really consider a very sobering uh, few verses from Ephesians 4 starting at verse 17. And it is very sobering. Listen to this. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord. I think the Apostle Paul is saying, like, this one's, this one's important. <laughs> that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. Thank you. They are darkened in their understanding. Like, wow. Futile thinking produces darkened understanding. And separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due, due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity and they are full of greed. You see that idea? Futile thinking, ignorance, darkened understanding, hardened, out of a hardened heart, leading to a lifestyle, a way of living, which is far from good according to the Bible. And the most striking thing about uh, the, the, the middle verse, the 18th verse, is this, that the, at the end of futile thinking and darkened understanding and ignorance is that people end up separated from God. Now, if that doesn't sit you back, <laughs> nothing likely will this morning. How we think, what we believe to be true, what we have listened to, embraced, and made our own has profound effect upon who we are and how we live. Even, and most importantly, a profound effect 
upon whether we are separated from God or in relationship with him. Let me illustrate some of this for you. The world has spoken and told you of your value and worth. If there's one thing that I have come to understand and recognize with all of my heart, one of the things that human beings struggle with fairly consistently is our value and our worth. For whatever reason, we often don't think it's very significant. We don't have much value. We don't have much worth. Sometimes, you know, it's kids in the schoolyard treating you badly. The bully. (laughs) And you walk away from that experience and say, man, I mustn't be very valuable or worthy to be treated that way. Sometimes it's a parent who hasn't told you that they love you or never did. Sometimes it's a parent who said, I love you, but don't, don't treat you as if you're lovable. Sometimes, you know, um, it's a boss who you have worked for and they have treated you like garbage, as if you have no significance, as if you're not a worthy person in life. You see, the world speaks, and it speaks loudly, and we can embrace the thoughts of the world, but Jesus comes along, and if we will just get quiet with him, if we'll just sit in his presence like Mary did and listen to what he has to say to us, Jesus will say, you are precious to me. You are deeply loved by me. I delight in you. All these things that come from this incredible book, and in the end, he will say to you, you are worthy, for I considered you worthy enough to die for. Nobody who grapples with that reality will consider themselves unworthy again because the Son of God died for you so that you could be forgiven of your sins, so that you could go from separation from God and be brought into relationship with God and be His forever. See, my friends, the Lord Jesus says, meet with me quietly, regularly, humbly, Listen to what I have to say, and he will say these things over and over and over again until we actually start to believe them. Avoid such merry moments, M-A-R-Y moments. We may never believe them. We've been talking, uh, another example is about marriage and uh, over the last few weeks. And the world says to you, as I've already communicated, marriage exists to make me happy, and um, it's based on romantic feelings, and when the feelings go away and I'm not happy anymore, then walk away. Meet with Jesus, and what will he say to you? Especially in the hardest moments, when the temptation is there. He'll say to you, as we study in Ephesians chapter 5, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Sacrifice yourself for the well-being of your spouse, even though you don't really feel it. Lay your life down to bless them. (laughs) Come to this place in life where where you can act in love because I have met your deepest needs. Your core needs are satisfied in me because you have met with me and you've let me speak into your life. Love that person. Love that person. Honor your vows, and I can return love to you again, and I can make your marriage flourish, and I can heal the woundedness, and I can make it good again. You know, sometimes we run into real problems in life otherwise. You can think about whatever problems you may even have right now or problems you have had, significant problems. They might be problems at work and, or in your business and you don't know how you're going to move forward. It might be a problem with a, a child uh, that, that, that you're struggling with. 
you know, the problems in life are plentiful. What does the world say? The world essentially says, you're on your own. You better take care of that. Meet with Jesus in the quiet moments that we can have with him. And through his word, like in 1 Peter, he says, cast your care on me because I care for you. What Jesus literally can say to you, what he might say to you, what he probably will say to you is very literally, you take that problem that is weighing upon your life and, 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 and is causing anxiety and fear in you and, and is really causing your life to struggle. And literally, he says, give it to me. Cast it on him. It's like taking something and just tossing it into his lap. <laughs> and you know, what, you know what, he, what he says is, is, if you will give that to me, I will take care of that problem of yours. And a couple of things happen all of a sudden, and this is a spiritual dynamic, it is the work of the Holy Spirit within us, as we give our problems to Christ, those ones which are big and small, but I'm thinking the big ones today, all of a sudden, something that the Bible calls peace that passes understanding descends upon our lives, and all of a sudden, we stop worrying and stop being afraid, and we sit there and we rest in Jesus. Go, wow, God's got this one for me. And the second thing begins to happen because we've had these merry moments all of a sudden, day by day, week by week, God in Christ starts to deal with our problems so that at some point we stand back and go, wow, he actually took care of that for me. You see, what the text says is that God loves us and that he's with us. You know, Isaiah 43, fear not, for I have redeemed you when you pass through waters. I will be with you when, you, when, when, when the rivers rise. They will not sweep over you. When you walk through fire, you will not be burned up. The promise of God, if we will just listen, is that I am here and you are not alone. And I will take care of that which threatens to overwhelm your life. Seeing all this, my friends, the question that I want to come back to today very simply is this. Who forms your life? Who do you listen to? Whose ideas do you allow to penetrate your mind, but more than your, your mind, your heart? The world, the devil, or Jesus? Who do we listen to if indeed we listen at all? Let me say this. This might seem obvious to you, but it's not obvious in terms of how we live sometimes. We are not God. You are not God. Um, we are not always right in terms of how we think and what we believe about life and reality but the Lord Jesus is God, and he's always right. He is there, and if we will quiet ourselves in his presence, if we will give up the pride and embrace humility, if we'll stop talking long enough to actually listen as he speaks by his spirit through the word of God, we will encounter the voice of Jesus, and we will be changed. And he will form our lives. And we will become what he wishes us to become. I told you earlier about the profession of faith kids. And, you know, we sent them out and God talked to them. That was a Thursday night. And then we met on the following Sunday and, uh, for our next session. But I began it basically by reminding them everything that they had encountered on the, on the Thursday night. And they had been just awed by the fact that God really sp said something to me. I felt like it was a personal message. It was like God's spirit you know, spoke, Christ's spirit spoke into my life. And then I said to them, how many of you have taken time between Thursday night and Sunday afternoon to listen again? And of course, you know what happened? Oh, the heads went down. Ah, you know, like, 
they encountered God and then didn't bother anymore. Now, I'm not judging them at all because there's a lot of Martha in all of us, right? I said, make it part of your life. Again and again and again, go into the presence of the living Lord Jesus and let him speak and form you. Here's my question for you. I got lots of questions on it, but here's another one. <laughs> Not the question, but another one. Can I, can I ask you, in all honesty, when was the last time you sat in the presence of Jesus and you were awed by the fact that you sensed God addressing your life? Don't put up your hands. Don't tell me. I don't want to know. But I want you to think about it. We can meet God. We can hear God speak. We can encounter the reality of the living God, and that God in his incredible wisdom and knowledge can give us understanding. He can guide our lives. He can give us wisdom. He can, he can say what we need to hear, so much so that we are incredibly blessed. And in the end of the day, the question comes, how many of us will be like Martha? And how many of us will be like Mary? You know, my gut tells me there are people in this room today who, like Martha, probably have never heard from God, like profoundly moved, knowing that God has spoken. I would be surprised if such a person wasn't here, even one. I want to tell you, you're missing the greatest blessing in life, and it's time to change your way. Because Christ himself has come. And yes, he's come to die on a cross. He has come to forgive us our sins. And he has come to be the Lord of our lives and take us to that place, you know, in Revelation where the creation is restored and everything is at one, will be as it once was. But he has also come to have a relationship with you and to hear, yes, your hearts cry to him, but also to speak into your life. Who doesn't want that? Because from that comes incredible blessing. While there might be a Martha or two here, I know that there is a Mary or two here as well. People who are placing this quiet, open, humble receptivity, time with Jesus as the priority of their life. And who know exactly what I'm speaking about. My friends, Mary sat at the feet of Jesus and she listened to what he had to say. Will we? Let's pray.